Hey there, folks. I uh, wanted to take a quick minute to talk to you about Anchor. Anchor, in our opinion, is the easiest way to make a podcast today. First off, it's free, and we obviously like that. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your computer or even your smartphone. They distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on all the big name streaming services, talking Spotify, Apple Podcasts, a bunch more, all the places you listen to our podcast. You can generate money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you are getting into podcasts or it's something that interests you, then download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to another episode of the Too Loud Adams podcast. Uh, we're coming to you on a Monday night just after the European finals uh, and also after a game with Miami FC, a home match. Yeah, it looks like uh, Italy beat England on PKs again. Starting to get a starting to need a new uh, plot line in these uh, soccer matches. Unfortunately, uh, you know, we're seeing, seeing a lot of uh, empty finishing here at home as well as abroad. Yeah, that was. I mean, I, I didn't carry the way. I didn't have a dog in that that fight, but um, but certainly yeah. an interesting, uh, you know, a fun fun tournament to watch. But you know, right after it, following those penalties, you know, the penalty shootout, we had a a game against Miami, and so we're going to talk about that. But we haven't been on in, in a in a, about a week and a half, so we're going to talk about a couple of games. We've had a bunch that have kind of piled up since the end of June. Um, yeah, I guess more like two weeks. So of we're going to talk yeah. uh, Charleston Battery and Pittsburgh Riverhounds. We had two. Uh, you know, yellow teams back to back and then uh, jumped right into a home match against Hartford and another home match against Miami, which ended our home stint. Um, so, yep. yeah, that's uh, that's going to be fun. But um, remember a couple episodes ago, we said four games, three points. Unfortunately, uh, two loud Adams and one episode. Well, it looks like we we're making the sequel to that. Yeah, four games. Four games, three, three, points, three points, two loud Adams here to break it down in this one episode again. Here we are. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so start, start off all the way back, uh, June 26th, the game against Charleston Battery. This is an away game. Patriots Point is the location. Um, unfortunately, the, the wonderful stadium that we all fell in love with in the 2019 season is no longer the home for the Charleston Battery. Um, uh, something new life new life stadium or something, but not the other way. It's like the oldest only soccer, soccer specific stadium in the country is no longer um, their home. I think it's been demolished since. And so they're at Patriots point oh. technically across the water um, in Mount Pleasant. And um, they were not so welcoming. Let me tell you right now with, uh, oh, with regards to goals. Yeah. It was a game that, you know, I, I think they had just come off of a really big loss uh, to maybe Tampa or someone and and everyone's kind of looking to us to go to bounce back, um, provide some opportunities, and to jump out there and get a fast start. And quite the opposite happened. We got manhandled. Um, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, so <laughs> up until this point in the season, we had not lost a game by more. We we lost a lot of games. I mean. <laughs> Let me, let me just stop myself. We st- we've lost a lot of games up to this point. But, but there we were had, always one goal. Deficit. We had not lost one. Yeah, more than one goal. And at this – so going into this, you're thinking, like, we're going to at least – we're going to, you know, give it a good a good try. And, um, no, 3-0 was the final score. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot to break down in this game. Um, you know, I, I've got I got a couple of good performances, you know, that, that can be mentioned. Um, you know, I said that um, – Sorry to interrupt. No, but, yeah. Uh, having said that, the only, there was one interesting thing where uh, the Shields uh, got taken out pretty early for Wahabakwe in the 17th minute. I think it was for a concussion because, uh, as both Adams noticed uh, a day or two later, uh, we had six substitutions and nobody noticed. I think it was because of the new protocol that uh, the MLS and USL have uh, instituted that if you uh, – if somebody go, has to go through concussion protocol, then you get one extra sub up to two extra subs max. Yeah. I mean, and so I hadn't seen this implemented yet. I don't know if that was the reason why. No, everyone just breezed right over it. But yeah, um, yeah, you're, you're hearing it here. And, and hopefully no one, uh, none of the USL officials are hearing this. Um, 
Alternately, it might just be they just let us have it out of pity because yeah, uh, maybe so. Well, the so, score was not in our favor either way. <laughs> so it's an interesting thought though because the sub that you're referring to, where where maybe Mike the Shields did, uh, and and I don't I don't know much about this this rule, so I'm not I'm not speaking very intelligently about it, but um, the sub that had. Uh, the shields sent off, which you're referring to, might have been the. I'm not sure. It might have. It might have been the um, uh, concussion, right? It's yeah. interesting to think that because later Akwe he he gets subbed off for injury, and, and, you know, in the second half, and yeah. so you, you're wondering maybe you know if it's that first sub that you ever do. Right. What am I trying to say here? Like, you know, if it's if the first sub you do is a concussion protocol one, does that it, it does not impact your total five number of subs? Right. You know, it's like you have two. Su- I think the way it works is that you have up to two separate subs that mm-hmm. are just for concussion protocol, no matter when in the match or what we're when in the order that they're they're used. As far as I'm aware. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, granted, so- I haven't seen granted. I haven't seen it been uh, invoked up until this point. Sure, sure. So sure. I might I might be missing something, but from the cursory reading of the rules I did way back at the start of the season when this was announced, that's what I've I interpreted is that uh, okay. because they were, you know, between all the head banging either each other's heads or enough times in the ball the brain gets rattled around. Yeah. The, uh, I think they were trying to do it as a way to head off like, you know, any or any future uh, complaints to, you know, soccer wasn't addressing the CTE risk seriously Mm, or the other kind of football, if you will. Yeah. Having said that, this is the first match I can think of where where it was conceivably invoked. So it's uh, just an interesting little tidbit and otherwise uh, dreary performance for our boys over there. Yeah, it was, it was pretty dreary. I mean, that first goal, the defense absolutely just watched it go in. Um, You know, it was, it was a lot of sleeping going on in that first goal. And, and that was, that was enough of of a punch in the jaw. It was, it was hard to recover from, but there were some bright spots. I mean, Jeremy Gray was, was the normal Jeremy Gray that he is. He was super talented, super awesome. Um, Awesome to watch him out there. I, I, I even wrote at one point in my notes during the match thinking to myself, you know, what if, we had ever gotten to see the Jeremy Gray, Drew Scundrich, you know, link up play in Loudon jerseys. That would be amazing. At Segre. I mean, if that had ever happened, I think we would have been an even bigger threat coming out of the midfield um, with, with opportunities provided to our attacking players. But we never did. We never got to see it. No, we never will. Um, he now rots in the reserves of uh, DC's. I think he's currently listed on the injury report, but nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Um, so we saw Kairu play. To change the subject a little bit, uh, but but we got to see Kyrie play, get back out there, um, his second game after coming back from international duty, um, and he was deployed in a you know when Google and uh, the USL and 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 everyone kind of gets like the rosters, they kind of just guess at like oh well this name this is where he normally plays and whatever, and, and I think it was Google that had listed him as a right wing back, and I thought to myself. Well, that's not right. Um, that can't be. But uh, the commentators then started to mention that he might be playing right wing back as the as the game started getting going. And that is um, interesting. And he and he started to press forward, but he was in fact playing right wing back in kind of a, a Paul Areola esque kind of spot. And I never liked Paul Areola at uh, at right wing back because um, they have yeah. similar styles of play, the way they distribute uh, up and down that right side of the field. Yeah, and Areola, I mean, he was playing right wing back before, but that was like as an emergency, not because he's well, the best at it. It was when his ACLs were healthy. It was when his quadriceps were healthy. Yeah. It was a different time. And Cairo is young and healthy, and so, hey, I, I get that attempt, but – um, his best part of his game is not his defense. And so I didn't yeah. like that. Um, I, I still think he played well. I think he did. He provided plenty of opportunities and extended that right side, um, you know, offered threats nonstop, but it was not his best performance. Um, I think he looked a bit lost when he was in the defending roles, but. Unfortunately, you're kind of right. It's something I've noticed in uh, Loudon games as well, a few times where they're trying to ape uh, Losada's style, uh, Coach Martin. And um, I don't know if he's just. Oh, and, and also previously. Not, yeah, I guess so. But the thing is that, like you said, he's just not as fast getting back on defense when he has yeah. to. And if you're and if you're going to put him in a wing back position, then he's got to be able to do it on both sides of the field. Otherwise, 
yeah. the enemy will eventually realize they can exploit him when uh, they grab the ball and send it down his side. Yeah, and, and put yourself in, in Coach Martin's position. You know, yeah. he's over here trying to create, you know, if, if he's hearing at D.C. that – they're, they're struggling at right wing back, you know, at, you know, trying to identify who's that right fit for it. He's going to start to mold players on in, on his pitch, you know, to be able to fit mm-hmm. into that role, right? He's going to try to to see if they can excel in a position they don't normally play in in order to be able to transition them to to the the, the first team or whatever. But, um, hey, we're not here to talk about D.C. We're here to talk about Loudon. Loudon's where our heart <laughs> is. And so, you know, like it, it stinks yeah. to see that experiment uh, play out um, like that. But he still played well. He still did all right. Um, Jeremy Gray was was a stud. Um, some other players that did all right. Uh, we that, This was our first experience getting to see. I mean, he just was announced like hours before the game kicked off. But Kamarni Smith, uh, which was a D.C. United draft pick. So we got to see him out there. Oh, yeah. Uh, had a good game. Um, provided some opportunities, looked a little bit lost at times, but you expect that he probably just met some of the guys he was playing with in, a, in his first <laughs> professional match. Um, yeah. TKD had a good game. Um, now, now we've got all three uh, DC United draft picks from last year on on Loudon: uh, Kamarni Smith, uh, Michael DeShields, and uh, Logan Pancho. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, we did, which is unbelievable that all three even were signed to professional contracts. Cause I mean, I, I feel yeah. like so often in the MLS draft teams will pick two, t- two players, three players, maybe more. Yeah. And, and maybe one makes it to a pro contract. So uh, speaks, yeah. you know, measures that these guys are, are actually on pro contracts and, and, uh, and yeah. they're playing with us. Um, yeah. We, we got to see uh, uh, Abu Kara who um, uh, Intel says um, I, I was talking with, with one of the Academy guys who says he, he likes to be, or I think they all refer to him as bougie. So bougie. Um, we got to see the reintroduction of bougie into the lineup and he played well. Um, I, I'm excited. Yeah. Bougie it is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think he, I didn't know. I don't, I didn't think he played well in the Miami game um, kicking off the season. I, I, I thought he played a lot better when he got, put in uh, and against New Mexico. And I thought he played well here. Um, and as we continue to break down these, you're going to hear, I, I, I'm, I'm very high on this guy. I think he's, um, he, he's, he's a really talented kid. So but they keep, they keep subbing him in. He must be doing something right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, um, I mean, look, this is a game that you want to forget about, you know, we, we kind of gave up, especially after that, that third goal. Um, not a lot. You, you really want to, that should be talked about. I mean, I, I think I, I think I was writing certain stats down like at like the 12th or the 15th minute or something. We were like something around the 70% possession mark, but that's not a number that's very surprising. I think for most teams it would be, but we finish our matches even once we lose with 65, 70% often, you know I mean? Yeah. Even the ones we win. I mean, it's even crazy. We, we do dominate possession. It's just the opportunities created aren't, they're not, the finishing's not sharp enough. Um, So yeah, I mean, that's 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 the Charleston. What do you, do you have anything on the Charleston game? Uh, not much more than what you've uh, you and I have already said here. Yeah. Okay. Um. So but, uh, I don't know. It just <laughs> uh, maybe I should say this for the end, but it just reminds me of how I looked up on the team stats uh, on the USL Championship site. How uh, Loudon is like in uh, the top five, top six of uh, teams in the league in terms of shots attempted, but. Uh, the actual uh, success rate is 8%. Yeah, one of the worst. I mean, they the USL does this weird stat. I think it's a it's a American soccer thing which I, I watch a lot of like European soccer so I mm. this is this one's a weird one but it's it's like it's like a goals should have been scored. Oh, yeah, stat. the XG, expected goals. Expected goals. I, I've been and, hearing about that one going yeah, around but it's like so, you can expect you can expect anything. That doesn't make it well, That's so how you it, convert it to actual goals. The breakdown is it has to do with shots on goal ratios on at the professional level. And it's the really cool calculation. I, I kind of started to, to go down a rabbit hole looking into it. And it makes sense. I get why it's a stat they're referring to it, you know, it, with with regards to how often you're getting shots on goals, the you know, like the, the accuracy of them, the, the saves you're forcing, blah, blah, blah. But it's yeah. Man, we're we're far behind, but I mean, it's a weird it's a weird stat. It feels like that stat just made to set us all up for some level of disappointment. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, 
shaking off that Charleston match. Uh, yeah. we're, we're leaving. So then we then we we start a, a home we come back home of yeah three games at home, and those are the three <laughs> we're going to talk about. And, and, and the first one is Pittsburgh Riverhound. So we're coming off yeah. of you know setting you setting you all up for this. We're coming off of a loss, uh, a three zero, just yeah. spanking um, against against Charleston, and we're up against a proverbial Eastern Conference powerhouse. No, no shot, no chance. I mean, I, I had, I think, but yes. Uh, what did I say? What did I, per, you said proverbial, slightly per, different. Per, per, a perennial, yeah, it's right, year, year to year. Yeah. Um, Eastern and, Conference uh, powerhouse. Yeah. And, and I, I sat around and had beers with with some folks before the game, and they asked, like, what's the, what are the chances we win this? I said, we're not winning. This and to make matters worse, there was this huge rain delay. Yeah. Well, so they, they asked me, and they said, like, what what are the chances we win this? I'm like, we're not. We're not going to win this one. This, and this they one's, started charging this, for parking at the stadium again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This, this this one this one is uh, I kept t- saying to them this one this one's like this one's just to go drink beers. This is to have fun. So yeah. So then what what Adam was saying was then you know everybody shows up after that and we and 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 there's this giant rain delay and and uh, what an hour and change later. It was an hour um, and a half before they finally uh, um, maybe an hour and forty five minutes. It was supposed to start at seven and the start time they listed on the. Uh, on the stat sheet is 8:45, so yeah, so it was you know rain and thunder. Last it came in and out, and then they finally you know played it. So so much for getting that rain check. But having said that, we, I was able to follow along elsewhere after uh, after uh, rushing back home and taking a shower. I know I'm sorry if that makes me a bad fan, but I'm still new to this whole soccer hooligan thing. I can assure you we're not hooligans, uh, despite maybe what other uh, fan clubs might might assume. <laughs> um, but you know they're yeah. out of touch. So um, you know, so you look at this game, uh, and, and I, as much, as annoying as it was from a fan's perspective that there was a delay. It, honestly, this is the way it should be. It's for the safety of the players. I get it. Um, we're going to delay the field. I mean, we're playing on rubber turf. Like, uh, I don't know. no, I'm no <laughs> you know scientist here, but that seemed a bit you know odd, but. Nonetheless, you gotta be you gotta be safe. You know, there's no there's no grounding on these um, giant light poles that are that are around the stadium. Yeah. So um, you gotta be safe with that. It's it's the right decision from the, for the safety of the fans, for the safety of the players. Unlike what happened two games prior, which was the Hartford game, where they oh, like yes. in the 89th minute they had like a 30 minute or 45 minute delay. I mean, that was a wrong decision from the USL's perspective, from that referee's perspective. Yeah. Uh, for both the fans, for the players, for the, especially yeah. for the safety of players. So this was the right one. Um, and yeah. uh, if, if you want to hear more of that rant, we got it last episode. Anyways, continue. Right. <laughs> we, we came, we came out and, um, and, and we jumped out to an early lead and I think Pittsburgh was just chasing it uh, from that moment on. Uh, we had a lot oh, of great yes. performances, despite what I had told people before the match saying that, that, we, that this, this was not our game. This was, this was not the one. You know, uh, Jermaine Forda had an awesome game, um, and, and and so did the uh, not not perennial this time, but like the the ever existent. Uh, you can give me my 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 p word here, but um, my my the ever existent midfielder Jeremy Gray. He was he was a stud in the midfield. Um, Darlouis Paz looked great. I think persistent is the one you wanted. But there anyways. it is. Yeah, yeah. By all <laughs> means, I give me the source. Um, so, <laughs> and Ted Cudi Pietro scoring that first half goal, it really uh, raised up the spirits of those who remained. Yes, 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 yes. So, Darlouis Paz, who, um, real quick, just jumping back to him, I want to just mention, of course, even though we didn't really give a man of the match that much, I mean, he he did statistically from our perspective. He would have gotten it from that Charleston game, um, the last uh, one we were talking about. But he, he would he would have been the the man of the match for that, I guess. Um, some other good performances. I'm gonna I'm gonna skip over. I'm gonna ignore that you mentioned um, TKD just because I want to finish with him for obvious uh, reasons. So um, so Giovanni Boulevard had a great great game as well. He had a amazing goal in the second half that that rounded out the victory. Um, Cairo was was amazing despite also again being put in that right wing back kind of spot. Um, and uh, and Tim Mel had one of his best performances of the season, probably second only to the New Mexico game. Uh, DeShields played well coming back off of, thankfully, not injured from the head injury. Um, and Bougie as well. Bougie, I, I gave Bougie pretty high high numbers, but no one 
was better that night. And, and I would argue for the entirety of the season so far, no one had a better performance than the individual who scored that first half goal, who was Ted Cudi Pietro. There you go. So um, on, yeah. top, on top of that, I just wanted to add that if you've noticed when Ted, when TKD does score for the team, the team later ends up winning. It's That's, an interesting stat. Oh, oh, oh anytime he scores. Every, every game that he's scored, the team will eventually end up winning. From the first one, from his first goal, he got in a 4-1 victory against the Swope Park Rangers, all the way to, to uh, the one he scored against New York uh, last year, and to this one that he scored in against uh, Pittsburgh at home. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, so we just need you to score every game and we'll, we'll never lose one TKD. So yeah, just give the ball to TKD, let him score once and then you can do whatever you want. That's all I ask uh, coach. That's all I ask. Yeah. Um, so, and speaking of goals, so that, that, so first of all, I mean, and not, not to, not to overshadow, but yeah, uh, that, that the goal from TKD was amazing. And, and Bolivar's goal was nearly from the exact same spot flipped right on yeah. the other side of the field. Um, Bolivar's goal was, was, was substantial because as you said, obviously TKD doesn't score a ton of goals, um, because if he did, right, we'd be winning a lot more games um, based on, based on that stat. But Bolivar's goal was actually his fourth goal in five games at this point. Um, which is a big deal for us because we haven't had a really prolific, uh, striker. I remember one of the the commentators when he scored two was like, that's a true striker's goal. And I want to, I want to like shake the guy and be like, that's not a striker. Yeah, striker's goal is like <laughs> kind of like, you know hanging around the twelve you know spot and like you know finishing off clean. No, it was a it was a maniac's goal. It was I mean he, it was one of those things yeah. where he's like you know hey might as well have a shot and then he just rips it. I mean just tanks yeah. it. But he just um, keeps firing rockets from outside the box and enough of them hit. It's great. Well, you know this is we've been very blessed at Loudon that we've had a, a very high quality of goalkeeping um coming through yeah. here with with simon Lefebvre, uh with callie brown uh with 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 colin miller and, and yeah. now I, I think jermaine forda is is amazing he's not very tall but he's he gets great saves he's he's extremely poised um when his defense has his back and, and yeah. i think keegan meyer also there's a lot to be said that he's got you know and, and we haven't even seen noah abrams yet so we're lucky yeah. but this is not a league that's known for exceptional goalkeeping. There are some great ones in this league, but um, challenge them, guys. Keep doing that. Keep putting shots on frame, and they'll make a mistake. Um, not to say that either of those were mistakes. Those were just uh, rockets. Yeah. But um, another opportunity that this happened, about around the 50th minute, uh, Gasau Samake had, a, had about a, an absolute piss missile that was saved. Um, <laughs> and I, yeah, I thought to myself like, my gosh, I was just guys keep raining goals on these guys. Uh, um, yeah. And so, so I, I, I also had to mention that I was, I was keeping track. I always keep track of you know good plays and mistakes and up, in, this was the first time the furthest along, um, but up until the 15th minute, there was not a single mistake by a Loudon player that I had recorded. Um, so this was a performance of the year for the team, overall team performance. It was, it was great. Um, yeah. Uh, that let's see here. Also, uh, just wanted to mention that bougie, um, got his oh. first ever assist off that, uh, Bolivar goal. He did technically an assist. It's always weird when, because it's different than like, yeah, hockey yeah. Assists. but, um, he did, he had a great game also. He was, he was a stud out there. Um, really showed we can do in an attacking role. Um, by the way, to correct myself, that Samake goal was in the 40, not Samake goal, Samake shot, it was almost a goal, was in the 40th minute. The 50th minute was um, was when Paz should have scored, actually. That was a, yeah. a missed opportunity. Really, really missed it. An easy uh, layup there. But um, And then the 62nd minute, I had a note also to mention, one of the commentators, if, if any of you watched uh, the feed on ESPN+, Plus, the commentators, lost their mind when uh they moved the boards on the side and, and they, they couldn't believe that the boards on the on the on the side of the field moved but it was just they're, they're really funny like blooper um we make plenty of them here on this podcast but if you yeah. want one on on live espn plus uh check out that around the six second minutes pretty funny stuff but um great game overall performance uh, you know i mean you already covered it but the man of the match 
is the performance of the season. The, the first half, I mean, was was maybe the performance of the history of this club. It was such Ooh, a good performance. Um, words. But an overall, you know, out of 10, an 8.8, which is extremely high uh, based on the, the, the numbers that we run. Um, an 8.8, this is the performance of the season. That was by uh, Theodore Cudipietro. Um, so, boom. So, spent a good amount of time talking about those two games. We probably shouldn't talk about Charleston at all. That was a terrible game. But uh, the next two games <laughs> are also pretty darn forgettable. Yeah. Um, so, coming off Unfor- of that I'm win. sorry, but it doesn't get much happier from here or to our low, noble audience. So That's right. Um, <laughs> Just warning you ahead of time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, the, the next two matches are against Hartford and Miami. Um, yeah. The Hartford game – uh, it, so coming into the Hartford game, you got a new signing. Uh, Giovanni Montes de Oca was signed. Um, we'll talk briefly about him in a yeah. second, but uh, you know, he was actually a shining light in the performance of that that game and the performance of that game. Mm-hmm. Um, Kamarni Smith played all right, you know, it was it was just fine. Owen Walls actually did great. I think he is got a lot of poise for his age. I think he's got a lot of you know spunk. He, he really. Yeah, he's one there. of the uh, kids that they take, took from, I think, uh, the Loudoun Soccer Academy, if I remember correctly. Was he or was he Arlington either, Soccer? Is it Loudoun or Arlington? But I, I think know, he was but him way, and Matthias Johannes were. So yeah, they, they're all products Johannes. of the that, so that Arlington Soccer Academy pulls right through the D.C. Academy. So they're they're oh, both. Right. Um, but yeah, Owen Walls is he's he's a he's a he's a big, big guy for his age. Um, he's not yeah. short. Um, he's fast. He can get up and he can. Um, he presses really well. You know, he, he, he attacks the ball. He's got very, very strong intelligence. I think he, I, I see him get the start here. That was interesting. Right. Um, I, I, I think it was his first game playing at kind of more of a right back role than, than yeah. Maybe right he, center back, but yeah, no, no, it was, it was a right back. So we play, oh. we're, we're dropping into that four, four man back line. That was something we we've been doing for the past couple of games, but huh. it was, it was a true right back um, fullback uh, position. So I think that growing up and, and from what I understood from some, some of the other Academy guys is that he kind of played more of a midfield role, but uh, has been most recently brought in and, and played at center back. But so this is, this is that nice transition spot, especially in like, you know, the, the Hernan Losada style or Bielsa style uh, game where you put more midfield style individuals or those fullback spots, mm-hmm. those wingback spots. But like you said, I mean, this isn't a wingback. He's playing fullback. He's playing on the right. Um, so yep. this is, it, it was, it was good to see him. I think he played really well. I, I gave uh, Giovanni Montes de Oca the nod at man of the match. Even and though also really... Bougie apparently was starting this game. If I'm, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds right. Uh, they put him at forward. That's, that's interesting. That's where he plays. Yeah. He plays, he's, he's more of a wing, uh, more of a winger or an attacking yeah. mid. So I know. for some reason I had him pegged as a midfielder, but I guess, you know, why not give, if you're going to start him, give him, let's give him the shot. Well, a lot of these youngsters, unfortunately, if you look up, if you, if you Google their information, you know, or whatever yeah. online, you'll just see midfielder because they're all just listed as midfielder. It's something yeah. that, um, yeah, is- but I guess as we've both said on this uh, podcast in the past, that uh, it's a thing with the, uh, you know, loud and United is they're going to, they're going to throw them into different positions until they find the, one that fits them no it's it's more it's more just um think of it like baseball like someone once told me like he's like you know if you're a professional baseball player at some point you were a pitcher you know at some point (laughs) you got that arm strength but that's not true i mean that's not but like i mean if you're a good right outfielder or whatever at some point you probably pitched in high school you probably you 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 were tested out back then and so think of it like that they're just saying midfielder because what like half the team is is you know in baseball is is pitchers right because because you wear your arms out like more than half the team is all pitchers right the same thing with with soccer man everybody from midfield you can kind of develop and see where those skill, skills are at so a lot of those academy kids they're just a bunch of midfielders you know what i mean like and, and some of them are fast midfielders and guess what there are wingers and some of them are a little a little bossier and a little you know got <laughs> bigger leg strength and guess what those are striker right. midfielders and then it goes on and on so well, thanks That's for why, clearing that up. Yeah, you'll see a lot of them listed as midfield, but he, to my understanding, plays more of an attacking role on a regular basis. And so we're gonna, we're going to see him, um, you know. And and Coach Martin said he likes to rotate those those, those spots, you know. Um, and so we'll see him on the wing. We're going to see him, you know, in an attacking mid role as we saw when he jumps in in the next match to to take over for Massimo Farron. Right. 
Uh, we may even see him in that number nine striker role if if uh, if Giovanni Boulevard doesn't continue to put uh, fingers goals crossed. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, the the Hartford game. Um, unfortunately, though, the the highlight of the Hartford game wasn't the well. I mean, we don't want to talk about the fact that we lost two zero, anyways. But the the highlight or the headlines of the Hartford game were were not the score line or the performances, but instead. Uh, afterwards, there was a, a screenshot shared on Twitter, right? Um, yeah. and it's like the things that we don't want to talk about on this podcast, the things that like, not that they're not important, but it's like not what we're doing the podcast for. But um, unfortunately, you know, there was a, a player on the Hartford team that uh, we have to mention, we got to say something about it, but, yes. um, that, that uh, was, was DM'd. So those of you who don't know, like Instagram or like Twitter or whatever, direct message mean like a message that like only him and that individual can see. Um, and, and messaged him a bunch of racist, unacceptable crap, yeah. um, disgusting stuff. Like we've, we've mentioned this before the stampede, a lot of stampede has mentioned, you know, and, and, and condemned this crap, you know, like this, it just doesn't have a place in our sport, man. I, I get that. Like, I, I don't know. There's bad people out there, but man, just, just go away, man. Like nobody wants you here. Like this isn't, this isn't for you, you know, just yeah. get out. So he, he messaged a bunch of, sorry, go ahead. So, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. If you got nothing better to do than just tweet racist shit, hoping to get a reaction, just fuck off. But I mean, fuck off. I mean, and, and it's like, he's not even tweeting it. He's, he's doing something even more cowardly, right? He's direct yeah. messaging something. So, so good on this player. He screenshotted it and shared it. Um, and was like, I, I, I mean, he essentially was like, I, I'm, I'm a professional sports player. Why did I deserve this? Like, you know what, what the heck? Um, yeah. And, and of course there was a, there was massive outrage because of, you know, this is on the heels of a few weeks ago when there were claims of, of monkey noises being made at, at Sager field. So immediately the Hartford fan base just jumped down the throats of Latin players. And, and yeah. this is the other ugly side of, of, of the reality of what, what was going on when, when this happens. And so I want to just be clear that if you're one of those individuals that plays you know, as the judge and the jury yourself on Twitter, you know, and, and you look at a tweet and you go, well, I'm going to condemn all Loudoun County people because of this, this thing I see. I'm going to just say you're part of the problem. You, you are just as much the part of the problem as the racist people, because that guy who made these racist comments is not a Loudoun County fan. He's not a Loudoun United fan. He's not a Loudoun County resident. I don't know where the team is and why the team hasn't mentioned this, but he's none of those things. He's, he's not even from this country. He lives in like Austria. It takes a simple Google search of his name to find who he is. He lives in Austria um, of his, of his tag. You can't find out who he is. I don't know what his name is, but um, I mean, if, if anybody did know it, we'd be throwing him under the bus, just like everybody else was trying to, cause he's a scumbag and should be thrown under the bus, but he's, he's a, an Austrian based individual. Um, and I only know that because he had like a bunch of Austrian, like international stuff posted, whatever. And you have like the, the location base. This is easy, easy to Google stuff. Um, who follows Hartford. So he's not a Hartford fan, I don't think, but he follows them because they've had international presence and Loudon doesn't really, um, but yet all these fans uh, from Hartford went and said, everyone in Loudoun's racist. Everybody who's a Loudoun United fan is racist. And it's like, mm, that's, that's not helping anything. So no, it isn't. There's my soapbox. Nobody cares, but um, that's not, that's not the way to do it guys. Um, so we lost and on the, um, well, on the bright ahead. side, at least we got an answer to where Michael Gamble has been. Uh... That's right. Every game I have written down, where the hell is Michael Gamble? Like, where is Carmen San Diego? So yeah, that's um, <laughs> and, we got uh, Michael Gamble yeah. back. He subbed in uh, in the second half, and uh, kudos, I guess, for standing up for uh, his teammate when uh, got tackled in the uh, opponent's side of the field near the end of the game. And uh, who was it? Was it Cardona? I think it was. That was chant. That was yelling something at him, and yeah. uh, then Gamble came over and shoved him. That's right. Granted, it was an illegal move, you know, shoving a guy in front of the ref, especially after the ball's whistled dead. But yeah. at the same time, I understand why he did it. Yep. Yeah, stand up for your team. Um, yeah. But the, the right thing was done, and he was red carded, uh, straight red. So he's suspended um, for the upcoming, the, 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 the subsequent match. Uh, so, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, altogether, I mean, aside from just the fact that we lost, we, you know, our we finally get our captain back, which I guess Mel is officially the captain now. Um, but, you know, who was our captain last year for part of it when people wasn't playing Michael Gamble, we got him back. And, and also the, the unfortunate reality and the racist uh, crap that happened, you know, the, the, yeah. it, it's a very forgettable, forgettable game. Right. Yeah. Well, not much else to say other than what we just said. So, yeah, that's right. Um, so, Oh, we also had Diego Gomez Ochoa. We can't, we can't, we cannot not mention him. Um, so yeah, he, he had one of his first, uh, performances. He played a little bit in the Miami game in the beginning of the season, but had a good game. Um, overall was just fine. He had a mistake, unfortunately that did lead to a goal, but, um, I mean, you could have, you could have easily given him, um, a lot of credit and a lot of hard work on that back line. That was a little bit everywhere at times. Um, so he, I think he had an all right game despite that, that, that mistake. So then we move on to, uh, where, where you and I are sitting right now on a Monday night, July 12th, last night's game. But when you're listening to this, it might be a day or two from now. So, um, it, I'm sorry, folks, yep. it's not getting any better. No, 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 it is, it is absolutely not. So we allow the most goals uh, allowed in a single game this season by us. And that is yeah. four, which I'll let you know, we did not score four or more. We have yet to do that ourselves. Maybe next time we play New York. Um, uh, well, not, not this season, but we've, we've definitely scored more in a single game at Sagar field. Um, I think we put seven past New York Red Bulls too in 2019 in a single game. There were a few bright spots. Uh, sorry if I'm jumping the gun. Go, here, go. jump, jump, jump. Might as well. Uh, number one, we signed uh, Matthew DeRosa, the, who, um, for those of you in uh, Maryland, might recognize as the, uh, the brother of uh, Ben, who plays for Charleston. You might have seen him su- suit up in, uh, against us a few couple of times. And on top of that, the both of them, they played at, on the same uh, Maryland Terrapins team. They both entered the MLS Super Draft and... Uh, they both got selected. Matt got to play for Toronto and uh, Ben uh, got selected by NYCFC. And for whatever reason, though, neither of them stuck with their team. Uh, granted, it's not an uncommon story that, you know, draft picks all the time, even some of the first round don't stick with their team, either because, you know, they're already full up or because they didn't have it or because, you know, whatever reason, really. Yeah. Having said that, you know, Matt came here. He's uh, he's uh, pl- been playing a left wing back with Maryland, even scored a winning goal in a College Cup semifinal in 2018, and uh, made some good defensive stops in college, and other times he's been pretty good at supporting the attack. Um, so so he plays on the wing. Yeah. Um, he played on the wing in, in, in Maryland as well. Yeah. Okay. I, I thought he's, for some yeah. reason he was kind of one of those like shorter – um, center backs, but then they, they, they lined him up yeah. in the Miami game on that left side, like like you said, and so that makes sense. Yeah, he was listed as a it's weirdly he was listed as a midfielder when he got signed, and also on Maryland's site. But Maryland, the Terrapins' athletic site, also uh, admits that they played him as a left wing back most of the time. Got it. Okay, just a, that's just good. an interesting little tidbit there. Yeah, very. Anyway, so we got him. We got uh, Montez de Oca starting again. Uh, yep. Uh, so because I got didn't get the chance to mention this in the last bit, he's uh, he was a prodigy over at the academy for FC Dallas. But yes. Also, you know, suffered a serious leg injury uh, between then and uh, his time in college. So yeah. that might be the reason why he has yet to catch on. And he fell uh, and he fell with us and we're giving him a really good shot. You call that a, a low risk, high reward um, type signing, right? You know, yeah. there's not, not a lot that can go wrong if he gets injured again. You know, hey man, he's on the roster. We'll take care of him. But um, yeah. uh, if if he has a stellar, you know, performances, set of performances, you know, he can continue to just move on uh, at the professional level because FC Dallas saw a lot in him when he was when he was younger, and then he went off to college, as you said, and got injured. But yeah, um, I want to I want to step back real quick and just mention so. One of the most significant things about this Miami game is something that 
also impacted us pretty significantly in the Harvard game. And that was DC United was actually having uh, and playing a part in their own cup list, like the capital you know, cup, this set of friendlies, which Adam just mentioned called the capital cup, the set of friendlies against a, a few um, Central American and South American teams. But that ended up getting all, all sort of scratched because like three of the teams had to back out because of COVID. Two, um, two of the teams ended up getting COVID reasons they backed out. And so it was just DC and Alawalense in a uh, two game uh, aggregate match for so, the rec and for the record, DC won that one, but sorry, DC won uh, that match on aggregate. Did you want so, to? Yes, I want to talk about Latin. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so yeah, didn't mean to do, we, keep that the aside. Significance of that was that a lot of players, because they were friendlies, which, as Adam said, we we won. Um, because they were friendlies, they a lot of the DC United players were rested, and a lot of the Loudon players got pulled up. Um, those players were on the in between kind of contracts that that they can do that from a from a uh, professional contract standpoint. So we had a lot of players we were missing as they were being rested ahead of the Hartford game. Um, we had even more players that were missing because they were legitimately playing in this cup for the Miami game. So those names included, I mean, there were big names, right? They were yep. Bolivar was one, Cairo Mustafa, uh, Nanan Hassau, Jeremy Gray. Uh, we still haven't seen Gauso, Alexa. Samake. Still haven't seen Alexan Saravia yet because he's probably training with them. But as you just said, yeah, Gustav Samake, Jacob Green, Michael DeShields, even Hassan Pinto, all were were a part of that. Yeah. So, yeah, and uh, Loudon entered this game with uh, only five subs, including uh, Keegan Meyer. Yep, that's right. So um, that's why you're seeing names like Matthias Johannes. Um, jumping on the roster who who got his second sub in now and in, in two games and got some opportunities to play in. Um, but yeah, I mean, th this is a game to forget other than th those key points that, Hey, a lot of the, the, the stars aren't on the squad. We're, we're missing some, some significant firepower. Yeah. Um, and um, we also don't have Wahab Akwe back yet. I think he might be injured. Uh, we haven't seen him on the roster, although Loudon has this cool, like, you know, trick where they like to like list no injuries whenever it goes into a game so it says no injuries but so who knows? Uh, he's, i think he's injured still from that um was it the pittsburgh game he came off yeah it might have um, that might have been or charleston charleston game but charleston. Uh, we could use him back i, I think we could yeah. definitely use him back um because so we, we then lost timmy mel in this game as well yeah so our back line was uh, for this game was Walls, DeRosa, we just signed, Mel and uh, Dan Brock. That's right. With uh, Gomez uh, popping up in the second half. And, uh, oh, boy, <laughs> it was uh, – I was at that game, and you could hear uh, – you could hear Jay Forda just getting increasingly frustrated with uh, how things were going in yeah. that game. You could hear him dropping F-bombs – uh, especially in the second half you'd see when you when pause uh had a penalty kick in the 34th minute that was uh duly won and he and it smacked off the corner of the post he looked like he'd been shot and he just yeah. you know he wasn't the same for the rest of the game and, and i gotta say uh jermaine forda is a like the, one of the sweetest guys like really really nice guy always got a smile on his face if there were f bombs coming out of his mouth, I mean, this is it just demonstrates the level yeah. of frustration. But I mean, we got no DeShields back there, you know, which he's been a quality depth or you know even uh, a, a great starter for us. Tim Mel is has played ev like almost every minute of every single game I think this yeah. season. Losing him uh, potentially to injury is going to be significant. Not no sure not sure where uh, Wahibakwe is. We got Robbie Dambro filling in um, at, yeah. at center back and um, and. Diego Gomez Ochoa just was a bit outclassed. Um, yeah, Dambro and Gomez, they just, the two of them just kept getting beaten yep. by Miami's offense. It and was, it, it doesn't help uh, that, I mean, you, you, the, the midfielders that are sitting right there above are, 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 are Ted Cudipietro, who's a great forward attacking player, but not great. You know, he, he was trying to cover on that first goal and didn't, didn't, it's not, it's not his forte. Um, yeah. and, and Nikki Downs and, 
Nicky Downs is a quandary. I I, I I scratch my head every time I watch him play because he's not having a good season. Um, but if you watch him, it's like last year when he was playing for Hartford or helping set that program up the last two years, he is amazing. He was such a major cog in their their midfield game. It's like he came here to sabotage us, which I know that's not. Good. I'm sorry, <laughs> Nikki, I'm sorry. That's really mean, but um, yeah. he's just know. not playing. Uh, he's in his head or something. He's uh, yeah, watching watching Downs in that game, it was like you know handing the control when your bro- little brother who's just started playing FIFA, you hand him the controller and he doesn't know which one's the yeah. shoot button and he which turns one's the off. lob button. He he like turns <laughs> off and like you know he doesn't go into open space and he's he's just he's getting burned. Yeah. Um, ever and then every once in a while he just puts this amazing you know ball across the field and it's right on the right on the money or, and and, yeah. and and it disrupts the entire defense and it's great but he's not getting back he's not yeah he's, and he's, those moments are just so few and far between right. though i hate i mean you know you hate to take yeah. uh, one of our guys down like this but we just what's going on that's what it is man hey we got we had to call the good and the bad so that's what it is but yeah. um so all you know there was an opportunity in the 49th minute, I think, that Dambro, like, oh, should have scored. Can't believe. Like, he redirects this uh, this set play in. And I just can't believe yeah. it didn't. Um, I, I, I've got pause um, for the second time in this podcast in these last four games. I've got him listed as the man of the match. And it, it's not because I feel bad for him for missing that penalty because that was a great penalty, other than the fact yeah. that it's just like a, a hair too tall. Um, yeah. and it smacks off that crossbar. But he had a great game, and he was so hard on himself the whole game. Yeah. Um, I, I had him, you know, rating wise up there. I think Massimo Farron probably would have been better if he had played the whole game, but he got subbed off. I think he, he was, I think he was great. Um, he was a breath of fresh air. I think Bougie played great. Um, yeah. it, filling in for Farron. Um, I was like, Farron never looked winded. I was like, why are we taking him out? Man, he's doing so good. But Kamarni Smith looked amazing. Um, I think one of his best games, unfortunately. It's a game. He's not doing what he what we brought him here to do though. It was just a score, right? Um, yeah. And I thought Owen Walls did did well um, yeah. as well. But and congrats to Owen Walls on getting his first goal in oh. professionals. Yeah, I mean the right we we mentioned there was four goals. We didn't you know that were all by Miami. We didn't mention that didn't uh, mention the Loudon goal. <laughs> the, the fact that it was actually four to one. That's right. And that Loudon goal was off of a set play set piece, which we don't score offset pieces we don't we just don't do it it's icky i don't know why we just it's like we're allergic to it but it was a corner yeah. kick um and it was immediately after their third goal because yeah their, their second and third goal came in like seconds from each other and it was just a heartbreak um, yeah it was three minutes but yeah it felt it certainly felt like it was seconds yeah well i mean three minutes you got you got a minute and a half two minutes of celebrating yeah. you got a substitution and then, yeah, and two minutes and later then, yeah and then two minutes later we get one back which yep. you know was not would have been nice, I guess, earlier, but take it where you can get him. Take it where you can get him. And so, so yeah, Walls gets a score, and according to the box score here, uh, Bougie's gets another assist. Maybe yeah. he's got something as a uh, facilitator in the future if he keeps it up. Heck yeah! All right, well, that's um, that's that's the that's the Miami game. We'll we'll forget yeah. about that. The next game is going to be, I think, it's June June seventeenth. That's going to be Pittsburgh Riverhounds again. But this time, it's going to be at a high mark. High mark, if you haven't had a chance to go to that stadium, it's one of the coolest friggin' stadiums yep. in all of soccer. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of like a U. On one side, there's this railroad track, and you can see Pittsburgh beyond it. On the other side is where the stands are, is like this mountainous, like, like, like hills. It, it's it's just absolutely so cool. Um, So, you know, I'm not telling you to go do anything, to go drive out there, but check it out. It's cool. Um. It's a beautiful, beautiful stadium. So we're playing them. Uh, they're gonna want some some revenge against us, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how that that pans out. Hopefully, we can get some talented guys back mm-hmm. um, into the roster. But uh, following that, we got it's it's no easy. We got no easy run. We got Tampa. We got Charleston. We're hosting Colorado Switchbacks, um, and then we play Charlotte for the first time um, mm-hmm. since 2019. So. Um, so we got some chances coming up for redemption for this team. Certainly, we're not even at the halfway point of the season. Um, but yeah, I mean, at this point, we're we're looking to play spoils is the best we're, we're going to be able. To yeah, as my dad would say, it's getting late early. It's, it's oof, yeah, no doubt about that, man. But 
Um, hey, to all you listeners out there, you know, as always, thanks for listening. If you made it this far, we, 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 I mean, we bow to you. We're, we're so impressed um, that you can listen to our voices for as long as you can. But um, yeah, thanks for listening to, to our Patreon subscribers. Uh, thank you, especially. Uh, you're going to get the, the silly video of us like pointing at each other and saying like, hey, like, you know, like your turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll see us cracking backs and drinking Modelo's and all sorts of fun stuff. <laughs> Um, so you'll get the, the full video that we, we yeah. provide uh, via a private YouTube page for our Patreon supporters specifically. So if you haven't checked us out on Patreon, feel free to check us out. No pressure to do so, but uh, yeah. we're, we're on there as well. Um, all the uh, money goes back into the podcast to help us uh, improve it. So we're not yeah. just talking through tin cans. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're not, we didn't do this podcast and you know, we've explained this before. We, we didn't do this podcast to, to make money or we're not trying to do something crazy, but um, we, you know, we're just recouping some of the stuff we bought and, and paying for some subscriptions that we, we pay for. So, um, yeah, we, we appreciate all the help that we do get. We, you know, we, we definitely, we enjoy doing this. We hope you enjoy listening. If you've made it this far, you either definitely enjoy listening or you really hate us either way. We appreciate you for being here. Um, yeah. so, so yeah, um, that, that's all we got for this week. Just talk through the games, talk through the DC, um, the, the, the capital cup, right? Yep. Congrats to uh, DC for winning the first and so far only Capital Cup. For winning their first trophy at Audi Field, am I right? And the first trophy of the Losada era. Oh, there we go. <laughs> there it is. That's right. And not not beating you know scrap teams. These are these are good. These are good good team that they beat. Um, yeah. Twice. I so, would say yeah, they're no slouch. I was not so going to va- even attempt saying it. That was. I appreciate you doing that. So vamos DC United, vamos Loudon United. Hopefully we can all share in the success in the present and future to come. In the definitely in the future. It's not happening at the moment, but um, yeah. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll hope to see you out of the June 17th game. And um, we got some fun stuff planned in the future as well for the podcast. So hope, hope you keep tuning in, follow us wherever you follow or, uh, you know, social media and whatnot and listen, wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all we got. Yep, and for Two Loud Adams, as always, my name's Adam Indelovitz. And I'm Adam Davis. Stay loud and united. Cheers, guys. The Two Loud Adams podcast is proudly sponsored by the Loudon Stampede, the official supporters group for Loudon United, and hosted by Adam Davis and Adam Mendelovitz. The executive producer is Mike Myers. If you'd like to be a part of our sponsorship, then hit the follow button and reach out. Cheers for now.